fan of Bachram going and buying their svarim from this man and spending good money on them. It's, I, it, it, it frustrates me when guys like borrow an old Gemara, get their fathers, go buy a night, buy the Gemara you like. And everybody has their style Gemaras, different things you like. One guy wants big, one guy wants small. Today there's gorgeous, gorgeous print. And a person's Mikhaim, the Mitzvah Daraisa, Pashtus Mikhaim the Rush, the Mitzvah Daraisa, Kisul Lechemes Ashira Azais, when we buy Svarim in order to learn with them. So a good trip to the Svarim store, and he buys Svarim that is necessary to learn with, is a Kiyom of the Mitzvah Daraisa, of Kisul Lechemes Ashira Azais. It's important to me, my kids go and buy the Svarim they need, not borrow, not get a hold of, not you t- you, there's a safer that you need. And you go buy that svar to learn it. That safer to learn is a kiyum of kisel chemes hashirazais. So we will have that opportunity. The Volkwitz is when David was very sick. The Volkwitz decided they wanted to write this sefer Torah b'schus before shleima for David. Baruch Hashem, David will be here today and is doing well. So it's a tremendous simcha on many levels on both David's before shleima. And both the fact that they wrote a Sefer Torah that will be given to the Masifta, so the Achnas Sefer Torah will be here. I actually appreciate that it's here. This has become like a meeting place for all the different, all the, all the different, all our whole chaver. It's a beautiful meeting place. And we have this opportunity on the last day here together that we'll celebrate a Sefer Torah that I that is being that is be, going to be used by Hashem in the Masifta. That's going to take place at 3 o'clock. There are always three parts to Achnasa Sefer Torah, celebration. I happen like, I like organization, and the, the, the celebration always has three parts. There's the Ksiva of the final Oisais. It's very exciting to me that people write the last Oisais. I spoke about it here. I went, the, the singles had Achnasa Sefer Torah in Detroit. And I went there, it was an incredible day. It was it galvanized the community. It, it was amazing to see it. It was it really brought the whole killer together. And the uh, singles wrote, Aaron was here as well. How beautiful is that celebration? And there are three parts always. I said over what the Rav there said over in the, the finishing of a, of a Sefer Torah. So it's actually very cool to me. People spend a lot of money to write Sefer Torah. And the, the Siva today is gorgeous. You look at the Ksiva, it's like, per, it's literally perfect. The amount we've advanced, that we have Seifre, Yurei Hashem, it speaks a lot about where Klal Yisrael's up to. We have very talented and good Seifre writing Sifre Torah, and the is stunning. You look at a Sefer Torah today, and maybe from early years, and not everything, you don't try to glorify everything that was. We're allowed to have good things today. And the ICA is today, to say that they're written better today is like an understatement of the century. Anybody who's seen old Sifrei Torah and today, we clearly have more Seifrim. People have worked hard and, and perfected the craft. And the ICS are stunning, the real beautiful Ksiva. And people put tremendous money and invest a lot to write a Sifrei Torah. It's always cool. They sent a message up to me today that they don't want any youngsters, like just, they just want them holding the cipher's hands. I totally get them. People spend a lot of money and then some guy comes up and like fills an ice. 
Now the truth is the cipher makes outlines and you just do in the middle, but it's awfully scary. It's, it's the, the cipher is like beautiful and guys come up and write it. I, this is a personal thing. I don't, I'm not holding somebody's, I don't like shows. I'm not saying there's not something to this and they're gedolim who hold, it just doesn't fit me. It's not my shtick. I'm not holding your arm. I'm either writing it or I'll make you my shliach. It's like hold, for a picture they say hold his arm and you like hold the cipher's arm. I can't like wrap my mind too much around that. Am I writing or you're writing? I don't mind that he writes. I, I'm very pressured. My handwriting is horrific. But I also appreciate a lot. I wouldn't mind if a couple of chevre actually write the ice. I appreciate it's pretty crazy that a beautiful safe Tyra and then the ice says that finish it, that make it kosher, you call people up, messy guys like me, and they write it. I think that's remarkable. It says something that to complete the Tyra with all our imperfections, the Yid, this, the yid completes the Tyra and each Yid writes his ice. And that's mashlam, the Sefer Torah. There's something very deeply, profoundly instructed and beautiful about that. Lamai said today, you know, we'll see each person, you can't tie on anybody, what they let, what they don't let. It's not, I didn't invest all the money, but, um, you know, but, but that's always a fascinating part. So the first part, Vachlas Sefer Torah, is people being called up to write the essays. So that's a beautiful, I always find that beautiful, the finishing of the Sefer Torah. So we'll call people in. There's always beautiful, heart, heartwarming songs celebrating the completion of the Sefer Torah. That's part number one. Then the part number two is to dance with the now freshly completed Sefer Torah. Usually you dance it right to the urn. Over here, we're not going to dance it to Durham. It would take a long time. It's quite a long walk. So we're not going to dance it to Durham. We don't want, I don't want dancing in this building because I'm simply worried I don't want the building to fall down. <laughs> so we'll dance. I think we're writing it under the tent and we'll dance it around the campus till this building. We'll bring out the Sefer Torah and then we'll stop right when it enters, when it enters this whole building and then we'll carry it up without the fanfare to the Aron Kodesh. I just don't want the building to come down, but we'll bring it, put it in this Aron, which is housing right now, has been the Aron for our minion, and then eventually we'll transfer it to, um, to Durham, to the Zman Beis Hashem. So that's part two of the event. Part three of the event is the Sudas Mitzvah. You can then celebrate it, sit down to a Sudah. I specifically, this Sudah, I specifically want to focus on David. It's only for a Shlema. The Sefer Torah was written to celebrate and to be a schos for his Rufuah Shlema. I can't wait for Arya. I'm going to ask Arya publicly. You would sing David about King David, or David Amelech for, for David Volkowitz. I thought that would be very, very fitting and pretty cool. I think in general, the, I think the theme this summer has been journeys. And I think Aryeh's song of David Amelech is incredibly Latin. Have you heard Aryeh's song yet, right there? What's so the song? Oh, okay, so you'll hear it. What? He made a song, David. It's called King Aryeh David. Barnett Aryeh Barnett made a song. Called David Yeah, yeah. We were listening last night to your other song. It's an incredible song. Very good. What? Yeah, what I need most. You have a guitar here? Hey, do you? Does anybody have a guitar here? One second. <laughs> oh, shit. 
I like what I need most of a lot of this. We listened last night. Very precious. So that's what I said. That will, all this will take place. At, it will start at 3 o'clock. It will go till about 5, 5.30. I think that again, the three parts, I just wanted to be my dear Doyle and what's coming today. So these are the... What's the third part? The third part is the third part is the Suda. Specifically here, I want to focus on David during the Suda. We'll ask some of his friends. I'm sure Ashi will speak. Which will follow. Arya, which will follow. The first, you first have the Sivas Isis, the dancing, and then a beautiful Suda. Ashi is very close to David, and I'm going to ask him to speak. Yes. There's a in Parshas Veschan on a path, path, path You know that Sarah Sadivris and Parshas Veschan on tremendous, tremendous Parsha. A very cool parsha that we're really departing in the week of Parshas Veschanan. But I want to tell uh, just for a few minutes. There are a few things in Veschanan I would love to get to, but I want to read a pasuk that we say every single day. That all of us twice a day in Kriyashma Sami we read twice a day, and there are words in the pasuk, simple, simple pshat, Rashi second pshat, that I want to review. A big theme this summer has been about everybody's journey, Masing, the travels and journeys of each person, and each person's unique place to be Mekadashim, Shemayim, where you're holding, where you're at, what's going on in our life. And there's a Pasuk in the parish in the Torah, if I had to sum up Tehillim, I would sum it up, and I always love that Rashi sends you to Tehillim. I laugh that Rashi quotes, like, it fascinates me. Rashi quotes one Pasuk and Tillim. He could have just said Tillim. To me, if I wanted to sum up the whole Tehillim, it would be this Pasuk. It makes me like, it makes me like smile. I, I still have a cash on Rashi. He quotes one Pasuk and Tillim, Yaakov. To me, this is the whole Sefer Tillim. I can't understand. Rashi brings one Pasuk. I and Tillim. You should just say Tillim. But the Pasuk we say every single day, we describe to serve Hashem, Bechol Ma'idecha. Bechol Ma'idecha, simple pshat, means all your money. That's a simple pshat. The pshat is all your money. Now, Rashi brings a, the, another pshat. I want to, oh, often, often when you have pshat and drash, drash is not like, I, 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 don't, I get very like, I get, I'm very hyper-focused. I don't do two things well at once. I struggle. This is like a famous struggle of mine. We've had many a game where our varsity is playing a game and I'm watching a big game and somebody like comes, Johnny and I joke about this a lot, like somebody sits down next like discuss life's issues. I ask Michiel, I'm just bad at that. If I'm watching the varsity, I can't do two, if I'm talking to that, that I'm not watching varsity, I don't do two things well at once at all. It's just a 
thing. There's some people could have like the most important life discussion. They're also watching again. I just don't do well two things at once. It's a it's a quirk of mine. One thing, if I'm holding a kid, I can't talk on the phone. If I'm talking about I can't. My kids laugh when I drive. I'm not the speediest of drivers as is. But if I'm on the phone. I'm that guy going 20 miles an hour, getting, I can get a ticket for going too slow, Pashit. I can't drive and talk, so when I'm talking, I end up driving very slowly. When this Pshad and Drash and a Pasuk, it gets confusing. Is the Pasuk saying this, saying that? It gets like a little overwhelming. When you study Drash well, Drash usually is not like there was Pshad and then like in a different way. Drash is an Oymek in the Pshad. There's a certain layer in the pshat that hits drash. It's not like a different pshat. It's just deeper yet. There's a, there's, a, there's a level called drash. And the layer and level called drash, people simply discuss this. In, in the world, there exists the pshat of what's going on. And the drash of what's going on is a layer to what's happening. This, instead of like talking theoretically, here would be a place to express it. Bechol me'aidecha means to serve Hashem with all your money, Yaakov. It means all your money. The drash Rashi brings, that's simple pshat. Bechol me'aidecha. Hashem gave us money. Utilize money to serve Hashem. Our money, our, our, all the gifts of money Hashem gave us are meant to serve Hashem. Davarache, Rashi brings another pshat. Bechol me'aidecha Whatever Hashem measures out, whatever conditions of life, serve Hashem in those conditions. This is, <laughs> he quotes one Pasuk and Tillim, Kuf Tezayin, Kais Yishuais Eso, B'Shem Hashem Ekra, Tzorav So he describes when good things happen, I thank Hashem, when difficult things happen, I pray. Like intrigues me, Rashi quotes Tilim Kuf Tezai. The entirety of Tilim is Bechol, Bechol Maidecha. If I was Rashi, I'd write Tilim. Now Rashi's much smarter than I, I don't know why Rashi brings this one Pasuk. Maybe it says it more explicitly. Yeah. Yeah, maybe it's right more explicit. Right, because Rashi brings the whole Tilim is one big Mitzias of Bechol Maidecha. David HaMelech, every single story of his life, David HaMelech wrote a capital Tillim, which says something. It says that the different situations of our life bring out all different connections to Hashem. Worry brings a connection to Hashem. Joy brings a connection to Hashem. Fear brings a connection to Hashem. Anxiousness brings a connection to Hashem. All the things that we go through, all the experiences and emotions bring to an- connection to Hashem. And that's what's expressed. Now, of course, as many taught us this summer, by what it says they were more into their money than their children, that the money represents, for anybody who gets it, money represents the conditions of life. And children represent what you turn the conditions into. Money are the conditions, are the tools that Hashem gives us, all the different tools. And children represent what you produce, the pay raise that you produce from those tools. So to understand, the pshat, b'chol serve Hashem with all your money. 
Gaveracher, like a drash, is all the conditions of life. Because that's what money is. Money means all the tools, the tools and conditions of life. And learning how to take all the different conditions, all the different circumstances of life, and turning it into the service of Hashem. All the different, somebody's worried the level of prayer and kivoy and that comes from that, from, from an angst. Tremendous, tremendous things come from that, come from that angst. It's interesting, just because we're getting closer, the week of this man, really a few days more, I could literally come out to the point of nausea. There's like a tension and a nervousness and, a, and it's, it's hard because you feel like all these difficult feelings of, 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 of nervousness about the year, but it's also very good energy that you could do things with. It means you're amped up. It means it's meaningful to you. I always speak about that picture when it's time to retire from baseball is when he doesn't have the butterflies before opening day. It just doesn't mean anything. The guy should leave the sport. It just doesn't mean anything. I always wonder that the day you don't have that knot about this man coming, it's probably could die not to teach anymore. You probably, you're spent. You're not excited. You're not, you know, I'll never forget Maish Gross. We had a big game. We were playing a very intense team. In the preseason league, we were playing a team, a very difficult team. Preseason league, and Mike Gross, I remember like hyping up the team. He, and he was giving this whole pregame speech about the angst that you feel. And he was like describing the angst, like feel it. He was t- saying, feel that nerves, feel that, and let's go bring it from that place. Then he went out and scored like 45 famous game. Again, some Division One player, he just went off. But he said, feel, I remember him just saying, feel the angst. B'chol Maidecha says that we have many different feelings. It's, people are departing here to all different places and will have different feelings and different conditions of life. Turn them into service of Hashem. All the different stations that we find ourselves, we have tons of different scenes in our life. We have many Masais. Take each condition of our life, each emotion that comes with it, each, each station that we have, and utilize it to serve Hashem, all the different stations of life. B'chol Maidech has a tremendous, tremendous rallying cry. They're not to panic, not to, from different conditions and different situations, find within that condition a situation, a service of Hashem. So I felt like Pasha to learn a Pasuk Chomish Rashi. I ended that little kasha. He's quoting a capital tilim that definitely shows that David Amelech, both from happiness served Hashem and sadness. I better, thought the entire tilim was that. So you have a better, you have a better possible say. The whole tilim we can, we'll learn it. Both this, this, <laughs> this is way deep, late in tilim. But I, I hear this is the one most explicit. The rest is just. It just doesn't do that. Yeah, yeah. Rashi doesn't say I in the whole tillum. This is the one that explicitly. Rabbi right. This is the most explicit. It just strikes me that the whole tillum is this, but the one that's most explicit. Granted, here and David Amelf describes range within one capital. Here it has range. Kais Yeshua says Veshem Shakta. So it describes both sides. When he has good things, he turns to Hashem, and difficult things. Ari, if you would do that song, I'd appreciate that a lot. What was last night? Um, what, say you, what was it? Yes. Thank you, Ari.
David, 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 David? No, no, David was saving for David. Well, 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 is that nice? <laughs> We're all here, sitting here. We heard there's a song David coming. That's for David, that coming attractions. This song will wet your appetite.
song's incredible. Michal, I want to tell you about an experience about a journey that I've discovered. There's a machloikas in the Gemara Yaakov. It says, da, a pasuk in Mishle, Daga belevish, a worry in the heart of a man, Yisichena. The smartest man who ever lived says Yisichena, one word. What does Yisichena mean? Machloikas in the Gemara. Either it means Yisichena lacherim, talk about it, where it means you see Chenemi Daitai, forget about it. Now, whenever you see a Machlaikas in Shas, Manny, it's unlikely to make it me Katzel Akatzel. You never try. Yeah. You never. Ne- <laughs> Certain times I'll do things during a shear, I'm like. I'm like, I, I remember Ezzy, I take off my shoes, I'm like, oh, he got me, okay. <laughs> so as the coffee comes in, like. <laughs> Excellent. Excellent. We got you. <laughs> thank you, thank you. The rule was all imitation. And this is a, this rule, I, I should have told the guys before color War, this is not a breakable rule. This is like, literally we should put in any play or skit, you, and this is for your own self. Imitate, gishmak, only do somebody you love. Never veer from that, never. Because I have seen times, I have seen in my life times that people bury somebody. And there's hate there, and you can embarrass somebody. If you love somebody, you'll naturally, you'll just be Ava. We'll come out, Kishmat. As we feel here, guys, imitate Rev. Aryeh and Rev. Rasa. It's cool, Ava. Never imitate somebody you don't like, because we'll just be hate. I've seen, we've all, I think we've all seen it. I've seen color plays. I'm thinking of two instances where somebody was literally buried. It was like Mavaza, somebody, the rabbi. And the intention was to do that, it was to get back. So it's a very big principle. Never imitate somebody you don't love. If you're even parrot, don't imitate. Don't do it. Yes, you love the person, imitate. No problem. Is the poking fun about the hoppers? Uh, the football game is that too far? Ah, oh, It's all people do. So just make sure that rule, that unbreakable rule, 
You love the person, you won't go place. You're not angry. You'll be geschmack. Yeah, that's why the right, I fail to mask him to the room. I remember also when you said that, like, clear, I hope you clearly tell the difference in the crowd. Yeah, sure, sure. Hundreds. Now, we've seen the Bible. Right, folks, you've seen plays. I've seen two plays. I'm thinking, they were going here, they, they, ripped, they killed them. Kill somebody, don't imitate. You don't love the person, don't go near it. Don't, I don't care how good your imitation is, I don't care how you schmack and funny, don't go near because you're gonna hurt the guy. That would be the vibe. You're trying to hurt the person, you'll, and you'll be successful. You'll be successful. I've seen it twice where somebody was disgraced, and they were trying to disgrace it. Just a good rule, Maskim Yakov. I think it's an easy rule. Love the person, then it just comes out as so wonderful. Yitzi and I banded. Yitzi's spirit was like on cloud nine. <laughs> he said he made it, he was made fun of, and he banded in a deep way. Kedal Yitzi Atayin was like a big, big day in his life. But you won't go to places naturally. You won't go to bad places. It'll just be geschmack. That's like the rule to keep in mind. You don't love something, don't imitate it. Don't imitate it. It won't, it won't end well, it won't be well, and there'll be, there'll be negativity in there that you're trying to communicate. Don't do it. First time you say you won't need to. <laughs> I, I should have said before, oh, it's a good rule to keep in mind. Back to here, it says a machloikis in the Gemara, what to do if you have a worry in your heart? Do you tell others, you do you share with others, or you do you just forget about it? Now, I want to say, from my own experiences, there's a machlaikis in the Gemara, there's no psak in Shulchan Aruch to this machlaikis Yaakov. Now, I am very skeptical. Any machlaikis in Shas, you always make the machlaikis less, not more. It's, they, you don't assume they argue mikatsa la katsa. And I'm extremely skeptical that the man who said, Yisichenemi daita means just push it away and don't ever think about it. I'm extremely skeptical that the one who said talk about it doesn't ever mean sometimes the time for let go. I want to say my own experiences. I have watched, this is all on the Talmud of the guys, and I have watched people have something in their life that they've buried, a difficulty, a trauma, a difficult situation in their life, from stress in the home to any other types of traumas. And it doesn't work to not talk about it. I, am, I, I have seen many, I'm past it, Rebbe and I, the house is done past it, you're a liar. You're a liar, you're not past it at 16, at 25. If you didn't cry a lot about it, it's not true. It's actually, I have seen this, and guys have experienced it, it's controlling, it's amazingly controlling you. Because you're not dealing with it and feeling it, it's not just to say it. You could tell, I could tell when a Bachar says it, that's called a wall of words. That's also not the goal. I said it. The goal is to experience it. When he cries about it, when he's in touch, he could say what happened. Guys have told me things what happened, like he told me it's raining outside. He said crazy stuff. He's not there. He's just not present. If he can experience it and face it and feel it, there's tremendous, tremendous healing there. And to just say I'm past it, don't believe that, it's not true, it's owning him, it's owning, ev- you could, every aspect of his life, he built walls, and he sh- there are people, I have met many a guy, and this is common, 
your comedic value intellectually is much older. He's, let's say, 18. Intellectually, he's an 18-year-old. Emotionally, I've seen people about six or seven, he emotionally shut down. There was a cost to the traumas. People shut off their emotions very intelligently. There's a guy sitting here, I love, incredible person. He says something to me that he's, and I can never admit that he's right, so I won't. But he always says to me, you know marijuana is good for the youngsters of yeshiva. You know it. I'm screaming, don't dare touch it. He said it saved many lives. Many people would kill themselves. It's been a lifesaver. Now, it's, nobody, marijuana is not, is, is not good. But the guy is saying, and there are many people that have vices, with vices, without shut off emotion, they wouldn't survive. They're at ages they can't be on the body, a very simple flight behavior. I heard an Israeli soldier describe, he was captured by Arabs, they were torturing him, the things they did to him, he, I read what they did to him, the, the simplest, they were pulling out teeth, at, they were pulling out, but much, that's like the most minor thing they were doing to him. They were torturing him, and he said he didn't feel anything. He had a place he escaped up here, and he said it's what prisoners do. He said he was somewhere else. He literally was able to have such a dissonance. He wasn't there. He said he did not feel crazy pain. You escape in the brain. And Hashem designed us to protect ourselves that we have escape mechanisms that were not there. But there's an age in order to go viker as we're ready and maturing that we have to feel and experience to process things. You witness people, I've seen Talmidei Chachamim, good people, that intellectually were six, who were heavyweights, and emotionally you could tell the guy is like five. He emo I've seen it. Talmidei Chachamim is emotionally five. There's a Yid in Eretz Yisrael who tells people, he's a, he's a tzaddik, he's a Yid who lives in Kiryat Sefer, he tells people their emotional age. I have seen this for years, even on huge people, like huge, they're, they're scholarly people, I should say. You're not huge if you don't update your emotions, but intellectually, they're firepowers, and emotionally, they're very raw and underdeveloped. They shut down their emotions. To unlock that, you usually have to go back there. This song reminds me of that, to go back to places that, that we don't want to go, and you have to have the courage to go there. It's very, very hard. And you'll have babyish reactions. The initial reactions will be very, don't worry. You'll have five-year-old, we have to be five. You'll have five-year-old tantrums and all different things that you'll experience because you'll be five again and six, and it comes out hard. It's very hard, but you'll, you'll, you'll experience and you'll bring your emotions slowly over periods of a long periods of time. And a person has to visit there. And that's a long, long process. But I've also seen people get stuck there. That they can't get past. There's a whole, there's two shitas in therapy and two types of therapy, no shaykhs to each other. There's a type of therapy that the inner child work is a whole system of therapy. I found, I figured this out. I knew nothing about anything. My first foray was I was close to a bacher and he hated his father. And it made no sense, his father was nuts. Why would you hate your father who's crazy? And it was a cashier that very much bothered me. The guy was way too intelligent. You're like a smart guy, what do you hate your father? Anybody in the world and everybody knew the father was nuts. Why would, I don't care how much he hurt you, he's crazy. It's like, you, you, 
I'd be angry at Hashem. He's crazy, the father. Why would you hate him? Why and can't he hate him? Why would you hate somebody who's crazy? He's literally well. crazy. Or you're saying it's not the father's Yeah. Well. Why would you hate him? So who is he meant to hate then? I don't know, but as far as nuts, be angry at Hashem. As far as crazy. And we figured out that if he was born at 18, he wouldn't hate his father. Wouldn't hate his father was born at 18 because he has the tools. My father's. The problem is we're born that we're one, two, three, four, five. How old are you? Me? Yeah. 18. You're also 18. But you're also two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. It doesn't like you don't become 18 and what you felt and experienced at five like is gone. And the problem is you were once five. And that response to what you went through doesn't leave. That's why he hates him, because he was once 10 and didn't know he was crazy. And there's work to be done. What do I do with that? How do I, and there's work, there's a lot of inner child work and people could do these things. Very important moments. This has become something that I discovered. Whenever you're triggered is a huge moment. Many a guy who had a very aggressive father, an abusive, aggressive, difficult father, is one day Ben Azmanim, his father maybe even has done therapy and is just being a little tough on a sibling and it sets things off. And the guy's run to his room ball and that's a huge moment in your life. Stay in there, talk to yourself, comfort yourself. You're accessing your six-year-old. Something was like triggered. That was a very important feeling. We all, without trauma, we all have our traumas, our own stories. When you have things that trigger memories, and trigger a part of yourself, don't run away from that. It's a very cool moment. Those are very special moments. I describe walking with my wife in Gaula and remembering insecurities. It was a very good moment. It was very wonderful. I did not run away from that moment. I actually like spoke to myself, there's work to be done. Those are good, you do your own inner child work. So there's a whole sugi of inner child work. They're all different methods and ways and things to get and to, to heal and to feel and to update and bring, bring ourselves to healthy places. That's inner childhood. There's a whole nother form of psychology and therapy. It has all different names, CBT, DBT. They're all, all the behavioral therapies say forget the past in some way or another and let's work on behavioral things now from now. It's interesting, we've seen many a guy who've done the inner child work and at a certain point we say it's time to move to a DBT, a CBT, some work. And it's fascinating that the Gemara brings them I doubt the machloikas is me I doubt the one who holds forget about it. Just move on. I'm, I'm just skeptical. In, in Shas, it's not a machleksim. I'm not usually so the opposite. But he's, he's saying that the Iker work is the work we kept going forward. So it's probably quicker. Probably Again, it's very hard for me because Nasatat Varech Lashirim. I don't, how do you have machleikas in Shas that doesn't teach me enough? So I don't know I, like how much, but maybe what the emphasis, what the main emphasis is, is the machleikas. Could be that's what the machlokes. Right, that's what that's what's so hard because the machlokes I and mean, the art that clearly both steps. Right? So what was the debate? Everything in Chas is clear, but is coming to clarify what was the debate. One says forget. It's amazing that there's one says talk, one says forget, move forward, and there are two approaches in therapy. I don't know. 
I don't know in the Mahalaikas, so, so what were they mefarish? What the Iker is, it could be focus. It could be what the Iker focus is. It could be the main focus has to be one says on Mikam level. I don't know. I don't want to stop the Gemara saying something. The Gemara is saying something. It's my chaser yediyah. We have to learn it better and understand. But it is rather fascinating that we've seen both these aspects. The willingness to visit, but also the courage to move forward, not to get stuck there. We have seen people become so focused there, they're not willing to step forward. The ability and the willingness to step forward is the sikhanamidaita. There is a certain kayak, there's such a thing, and you have to tell, you can tell a friend it's time to move forward. It's time to move, you can tell a friend that. We've seen amongst the Hebra, I've seen friends tell friends, move forward, move forward. Grieve, move forward. I've seen guys tell them, it's very, this is like fascinating. Halacha is, it is the basis of all our lives. In mourning, there's a halacha that at certain points you're allowed to get a haircut when your friends yell at you. And to me, the way that reflects friends saying, let's move forward, come on, move forward, it's time to move forward. And the halacha that you can get a haircut in the morning when your friends yell at you, let's go. Mamish is so reflective. Why do you go around saying that to people? It's, it's, it's so funny. Mo, Mo, Mo Muller asked, why doesn't everybody just say to him one? I think it's nasty. If you're not close to him, it's mean to say it to a guy. I think if you're close, you could put I your arm. I think you appreciate it. So I wanted to, one, of the most, one of the most amazing conversations I ever saw in my life. Top five. Top five. I, you know, I, I'm visual. Top five pictures up here that I have. It's like a gift of my life that I saw my Oma went through a difficult life. She was 16, her family was murdered. She, she was an Almana from a very young age. She married a man much older, as many people did after the Holocaust. And, and Lamaisa, she was an Almana, she lived alone for many, many years. And she was a courageous person and built a beautiful life. And that was my mother's mother. My father's father was a wonderful tzaddik. And he was married over 50 years to a, to, to a wife who was a very special person. She passed away in a car accident. And, and he was struggling for the will to live. He wanted to join her, he didn't want to be here anymore. And he was at one point, it had been many months, and he was groaning, and I had the chance to see my grandmother, talk to my grandfather, I was the only one there, and my grandmother, I remember where I was standing, I could picture I was on the lawn somewhere, and my grandmother said to my grandfather, gave him stark mustard, you have to push forward, stark. She wasn't a big talker, she didn't say a lot, and she was a quiet person, and she said stark, this 90-year-old lady, upper 80s, 90-year-old, said to this man that it's, it's not, you have to push forward, gave him mustard, stark, you have to push forward. That's that, the friends are gayer, it's time to get a haircut. Now Mo asks, anybody should just say to a mourner, I don't think that's appropriate. A friend who gets you and actually mourns with you, with the person, can say to the person, it's a very touching halacha and says it's time to get a haircut. They're saying something, they're saying something, that halacha, everything's in halacha. Our halacha is so deep, that halacha that friends say to the guy, 
is what I've seen a lot in yeshiva. I've seen friends, but you can't say it to a guy, you know, move on if you didn't let him be there and you weren't there with him. But there is a place where you hold the guy's hand and you say, let's go, buddy, let's go. I've seen it. I've seen it. There's a time and a place to say, move forward. You see, enemy diaper. Let's go. That's good. You've been there. It's interesting. There's words we say Friday night. Rav lach sheves You have dwelled long enough in the Valley of Tears. I have seen many a friend say to a friend, Rav lach sheves You've been there long enough. It's only a friend could say this to a friend. It's a very like complicated thing to say. The Gemara has two approaches. There's such an approach, and even the Mandamar who says talk about it, again, holds of an approach like this. I don't think they're arguing to extremes. I don't know, but I'm, I feel barely that I'm not. So what's the machlaikas? I leave room. Somebody has to get the pshat. Because there's a machlaikas in the Gemara that's saying something. So if it's just both are true, okay, so what, so what did they say? Maybe the focus, the emphasis, I don't know. But Aryeh's song of... I want to move on in Parshas Vaschanan. I would like to continue in Parshas Vaschanan. It's a message that I think is a very good message to guys beginning Zmanim and really taking on new, new vistas, new challenges. There's a message that it's every Ruchniistic idea, Akiva's, it's a dangerous message. Um, you're walking into every truth, every truth is, is every truth it says about, it says about the very tired, Tzadikim Yelchubam, Tzadikim growth, Mirisham Yukashim, Mirisham trip from the words of Tyre. <laughs> Let, let's be honest, guys. Religion, in the name of religion, the most crimes have been committed in the world. So truths have been used to get closer, to do great things. Of course, it's a misuse of truths. But a mis- you can misuse truths. So I'm going to share something that could be very misused. It's a, it's a dangerous truth. I want guys to be very, very driven to accomplish, to be idealists. Who set up to do big stuff. And what I'm going to say is not to be afraid not to succeed, not to be afraid not to end your, that the goal didn't come to fruition. Hagam, it's dangerous because I want to be people who set goals and meet, meet our goals. There's nothing as precious. The guy made a certain goal, he nails his goal. We like that, we love that. How many, we, it feels like these days we spend our lives watching charity things and you just, are they gonna get the, so, I have so much angst, I never even heard of this organization. They're up, in our Bacha shows, they're up to one, their goal is one million, one, and it's like two hours before and like 200,000 short. It seems they always make it, it's like Disney World. I don't know, is there somebody just, is there a guy in charge, just plug it in, they made it. The angst of it is just very overwhelming for me. <laughs> but it seems like we spend our time watching people's charity goals and, you know, and, and trying to reach it. Then it like frustrates me a lot when they add to the goal, like, gosh, I was like so anxious and now you have to like step it up again. We made it, can we just celebrate? Can you ask to just give all the money? It's like, that's really unfair. That's, it, that, that looks like, you know, 
Rabbi Yaakov Kamenetsky gave Musser to Rabbi Gessinger, Rabbi Gessinger's son, daughter, he, he didn't have kids for many, 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 many years. And he brought his, Rabbi Gessinger, and his oldest daughter, he brought to Rabbi Yaakov Kamenetsky when she started walking, he was very close to his Rebbe, and he put a lolly, and she walked to the lolly like three steps, and then he took a step back, but to get her to walk more, and Rabbi Yaakov said, stop, hands that's a lie. Don't teach her to lie. You stood there to walk a step back. That's a lie. Because you told that you, you're saying by standing there, you're going to give it a lolly, give it to her right away. So to me, like these new goals, we all have angst. Then you raise the goal. I don't know. The bottom line is, is that I, of course we should shoot to reach goals. And of course we should nail our goals and exceed our goals most definitely. But not, not, Understanding that the struggle itself and the fact that we're working towards is really what we're shooting for, is really precious. The journey itself, yeshiva's full of fights. A guy can walk away, is like take away from yeshiva's all like, all this frustration. He's always like trying things. And if he doesn't step back and see along the way he was engaging all these things, it's tremendous kiddush somebody who's busy trying to grow, there's certainly this angst and frustration and that's normal, but if you don't step back and see that there's beauty to this very struggle, then I think it causes tremendous problems. A guy's whole association with Steigen, the service of Hashem, is frustration. Maishu Rabbeinu, the guys know that any Gadol book, I go to. The, I always run. It's the first thing I read. The last day of their life, I think it's the most intriguing. The last day of the Gadol's life is 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 wildly fascinating. These parishes in in Tvarim, we're leading. We're reading Meish Rabbeinu's last five weeks of his life, and whatever Hashem records here is obviously very very pronounced. This is the end of the Torah, and we get the end of Meish Rabbeinu's life. And one of the last things we're told about Maisha is Maisha's heroic separating three cities. It's in Parshas Vaschanon. And Maisha Rabbeinu separates three cities even though they, have, they don't work. For the Ari Mikla to work, you need to separate all six cities. There's 42 less than Ari Mikla, but six more powerful. For, well, in order for the Ari Mikla to work, you need three in Avra Yard in Elisha and three in Eretz Yisrael. Maishu Rabbeinu separates the three in Avra Yardin. Hagan, the ones in Eretz Yisrael, are not effective. And we spoke about the Gemara Imakas, we've learned in the summers where I fail as Torah's Gemara, about Maishu Rabbeinu's desire for mitzvahs. Ayyiv Kesav, Layisva Kesav, and he loved mitzvahs. It's, and the Gemara describes Maishu's love for mitzvahs. He did it even though it wasn't effective. Why did Hashem, why did he do this? I spoke, I told the guys that I have this like collection of people I like, and I always ask myself, the people I like, were they successful? I have people I like a lot who failed in their life's mission. By any honest opinion, their world vision never happened. Let's be honest. There were people who have, right, 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 Rebbe, Rebbe spoke about Kleisenberg. He was very successful. He rebuilt the Hasidus. The Lineado Hospital is thriving. Kleisenberg Hasidus is on fire. So he was very successful. There are many idealists to what they want to build. Like they built the yeshiva and completely flopped. <laughs> not, not much there. 
And there are people that I consider heroic. I, I don't like discussing it because it's a very like... You look up to them just as much as the other people. <laughs> it's a very, it's, it's like a good question and it's painful if you like somebody a lot and, and, and you feel and maybe even they feel they weren't successful. Picture that man as an old man who looks back so I wasn't successful. So it's like a complicated question. But isn't success in the hands of Hashem? It's <laughs> I agree, I agree, but we're, we're human, so it's, the, I agree, it's, 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 a, it's a painful, it's not like, I'm saying it here, I could say the frumous things, that it's all up, it's a very painful topic, and somebody like, in their life, toiled, we have a line we say in davening, Laman nigalarik, that we ask Hashem, please don't let me toil for, for, for naught, to feel you toil, now, you say here, it's not for naught, that's true, that's true, that's true. That's a tremendous truth. This question is like an interesting question on any idealist. People have ideas and thoughts and plans. Did their plans, did they build what they wanted to build? There's a very, now, it's, this is, there's a world of Olam and every dream somebody has. We're going to come there and we're going to see worlds that we don't recognize. And it's going to be the world this man planned on building. It's all there. Because Machshavat Toiva is Mitzvah Flamaisis. So there's a world of reality. There's a world where people, whoever wanted to do a mitzvah, the nenas, get smalala, get schar. We're going to come to Elam We're going to see crazy stuff. There's a yid that I admire a lot. I would leave Yeshiva once a week to hear Shiurim. I love this combination of intellect and emotion. I, you don't, you, I want you to be comfortable. Comfy. That, that his, his balance of intellect and emotion very much got me. I think people today are listening to Reb Reidowitz a lot because he's brilliant and he's emotional. And you just don't get to see that a lot. You see brilliant people, but when their brilliance and emotions are married, it's cool. So it was a year I liked a lot. I, he was very intellectual. He burst out crying in the middle of like a speech, a brilliant speech. He would say, Claudia, so he'd stop bawling. So the emotion and the intellect, very, very strong, appealed to me. This Yid wanted, had a dream of the perfect community he wanted to build. He had a dream. I know the name. He actually built it. That's a cool dream. He wanted to make a community. And it would be an ideal a community of working people, learning people, a perfect mesh. He wanted to build it. It didn't work. It lasted for close to 10 years and folded. But this was like the dream. Oh, but he did a lot. He, the man, he, he did, did a lot. lot. The oh, man come did on. a lot. Yeah, come yeah. on, he did a lot. <laughs> he did, he did. A lot of successes. A and lot of successes. Gonna... I'm just focusing on this one thing yeah, that didn't work. His name was Daniel Kitnokin. It didn't work. It didn't work. He built something and it what? didn't work. And fascinated. Who was the idiot? Chav Lov Thomas. I didn't do it. <laughs> Maybe we'll... T- <laughs> Maybe we'll talk about it. I don't want to go there. I don't want to talk about it. These are fascinating. These are not like childish things. They're not, don't go quickly to the Disneyland ending. Understand that in Shemayim, understand in Shemayim that city exists. I promise you. It's gorgeous. Everything he dreamed exists. But, but, I'm, but I'm not asking you to just settle with that. I'm not asking you to settle with that. I have this machlaikis, a guy in yeshiva, has like this certain view of the world. And I say this world's Disneyland, that it always ends well. We always have this long-running debate with this guy that I said always ends, the team hits the game-winning shot. You have to find why it is that way. So we have this whole long-running debate. Lemaisa, what I want to say here 
is that it's so fascinating that Moshe was asked by Hashem to do something that wasn't effective in his life. He built three cities, and th- this is an enduring vision. Moshe, if I would count, go through the tire success and that, the two probably most successful people in my eyes in the whole Torah are Avram and Moshe Rabbeinu. Avram Avinu and Moshe Rabbeinu. When we talk about idealists, were they successful or not, Avram Avinu and Moshe Rabbeinu were the most successful idealists in history. Avram built the nation, and boy, are we going strong. Moshe Rabbeinu taught the nation, and boy, are we going strong. The Rebbe and the father of our people, they were awfully successful. By anybody's account, I don't know like two more successful idealists in the history of our world is Maisha and Avram Avinu. Maisha, the Rebbe of Klai Yisrael, the father of Klai Yisrael, they nailed it. What? Maisha's in He became a Navi. You're not, you're not born in Navi. He was born in... He wanted to be Moshe Rabbeinu like that. Of course, of course. Avram's dream... Avram's dream, it's, it's, it's always a mistake. Moshe wasn't like opportunistic. Moshe was Vayar Bisev He wanted to help Klai Yisrael. Vayar Bisev says that Moshe Rabbeinu sought, he was Doirish Toiv Lamai. Moshe Rabbeinu were describing somebody who was felt different than everybody else, the pain of the Jewish people. Yeah, by Yarbis, it doesn't say in anybody else. That's why he was picked. So it's a mistake. It, Avram Avinu didn't like, hey, it happened to him. I don't think it's a, because of a Yarbis of Loisam. Maishra bin, it happened to him, took us out of Mitzrayim. He was the one who dreamed of taking us out of That's why Yarbis of Loisam says. But he dreamed. Here, Maishra Rabbeinu, whose dream was to take the Jews out of Egypt. How do I? I'm not, I'm not allowed to say what I want. It's by Yarbis of Loisam. We have to like accept. Ayarba Sublaisim said that he was consumed with the dream to end our pain. No, that's what it says. That's the Torah, right? It's not written like an art scroll book. We have to write the art scroll book. That's how the Torah writes. Is Ayarba Sublaisim, you should spend hours that Maisha's dream was to free our nation. And Eureka, what was he asked to do? Free our nation. <laughs> Light bulbs. Ayarba Sublaisim. So clearly this was his dream. And then Eureka, Hashem gave him his dream. But the bottom line is, is these two great idealists were very, very successful idealists. And yet, Manny, I'm very intrigued that one of Maisha's final acts was an act that was very not completed. Very not completed act. He separated three cities and his life, he never saw... I don't know what work it took to separate these three cities. I don't know what signs they put up, what housing they constructed. The Torah is not an art scroll book. So you have to like do the work yourself. You know, the Torah says, Maisha, I picture the last, like Maisha's the, you have to picture Maisha Rabbeinu is the Rebbe of Kleistrel. I picture Maisha his dungarees. I don't know if he physically constructed, there was mass construction. That's the, the Torah is saying something. So Maisha, one of his final projects, he's doing remarkable construction and leading. He's turning the Ari Mikla to a viable place, a place of housing that can house murderers Bishagig. They can live there. So I don't know what they build. Yeah, highways, a lot of work. There's a whole... (laughs) The Torah doesn't describe all this stuff. Just says, Uz Yabdil Maisha. And then Maisha, he signed an executive, separate the cities. 
all the work. I don't, I don't know what it takes. I don't know all the work and effort and energy. But one of the great mitzvahs that Maisha concluded with was doing all that work. Again, I don't say he physically did it. He probably had workers and whatever it took, took to oversee it. But one of his great last acts was something that never came to fruition in his life. And there's something about that that's tremendously powerful to know that many things we set in motion and we put and we try and people have children and people have talmidim and descendants and there's things yet to come. The tremendous beauty of creating, of starting. It's a Mishnah, Reb Tarifin describes a life of pressure to do ayayim katsa amalach amarubah but he says, The job, the task is not always to complete it. Set it up. And an enduring memory of Maish Rabbeinu is immense work that just put in motion something, that just allowed for people later. When he was done, there was not one murderer living there, and it didn't assist anybody. It was just, he died with empty cities there that didn't have any meaning or purpose, and to be completed later on. But I think the enduring memory of Maisha Revi that there's work that a person could do and put in that they won't necessarily see all the all the payrays of it, and that's precious too. In the world of Rahman Alibabai, he wants our heart, he wants our great effort. The efforts that we invest are tremendously valuable. And forever we're supposed to have a picture of this a successful idealist of a project that he that he died unfilmed, not finished, an unfinished project that, by the way, was later on finished. Later on it was finished, an unfinished project. There's something to me, that visual, and in the last five weeks, things get magnified. And specifically, one of the last deeds of Maishu Rabbeinu was this visual of working tremendously hard in a project that he never saw. He never it was saw intended to be incomplete, though. Yeah. Hashem wanted us to have this picture, 100%. 100%. 100%. 100%. 100%. This was intended, and it's so interesting. Hashem wanted him to work so hard on something that he wouldn't see because there's value. There's value to the work of a person well before any results are there. And it's important that a picture of one of our greats is heavy work that he never saw it come to fruition. And that's, that's an important part of, 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 the, of the sincerity of a person. I want to say that, that, that all our journeys we're beginning, don't be afraid to take serious things on. Don't be afraid not to see it complete. Now, I said it's dangerous. This message could be very empowering to take projects on because you say so, but it doesn't work so. So, I was an idealist if it doesn't work. That's what it's, the, the attended effect is to say so it doesn't work. What could happen, and the negative okay. thing, is to be very casual about things, that it doesn't matter, not to give your best effort, to say all that matters, I tried, and you could, like any truth, it could be misused. Not to put in an effort that's like powerful and thorough and serious, so it could be misused, such a, Thing. I'm saying it as people set sail on new journeys, on new goals, each one as people set forward on new years, not to be afraid to shoot for a lot and to try to build a lot, not to be afraid of failure, really not to be afraid of that. The enduring picture of one of our leaders is something he built that Bechayim 
didn't do anything. That's an enduring picture. Lachar say there was tremendous, tremendous gains. That's good to know. That's exactly what you should know. That there's, there's much construction comes. It's interesting to me, and there's a phenomenon in the world of Rav that people are running to his kever, and anything like La'achar Moisei, there's a lot that, he, that, that he's, people are running there and getting some chizuk, is this same point, put in, put in and invest, there's something called eternity, there's netzah. Put in and invest, don't be afraid whether it will succeed, don't be afraid. Of course, making tremendous efforts for success, of course, trying to see through but of course, but not to be afraid. The efforts themselves have tremendous, tremendous power. Who knows how many people have tried and made efforts to do so many things. We don't know what causes siyata d'shmaya, what causes success, we have no idea. You see somebody, I have seen very small people build big things. You know, it's probably the truth of the world. I have seen people that are tiny, build big yeshivas, big organizations, and they're not big people. There was some grandmother who was very big, and she had like big kavanas, and by the way, she died, all her dreams, she had a big plan. Clark, like Hashem took like a little spark of her idealism, passed to a great-great-grandson. He builds like a big chesed organization. In Shemayim, it's the great-great-great-grandmother's chesed organization. Yeah, of course, of course, of course. Maish Rabbeinu died and the city he constructed, a lot of his work in his life, sat there and everybody looked at it and when he died, it was like pretty tragic. Like, the three cities he sat there, like, people like, it will, yet be, it will yet see the light of day. It will yet see the light of day. One of my kids doesn't like when I talk like this. Oh, you're breathing being unsuccessful. It's like a danger. It's every truth, but you cannot say the truth. It's, because still, of course, everybody has to shoot for things and try things. The ideas. He said you're like you're like sticking a dagger in ideas. Obviously, I don't think so. That's why I'm saying. Do you see that people work even harder when they? I think you can. I think you can. I think you can. You could you could tap into this and work harder. I, I, I'll tell you, I'll tell my own baseball experience. My own baseball experience is I was, I was not a very good power hitter. I, I can't say now I am, because I just played with the guys and I flied out to the shortstop three times. I had like one like line drive single, the guys were all, when the guys are that excited and you had a little <laughs> single, you know you're not hitting very well. So, but Lemaissa, I can hit it, I can hit it far today. And, the reason I could hit it far is I used to be afraid to swing and miss. I promise you. I never struck out. In the softball of my life, I never once struck. I never once. Not from the oh, time okay. I'm... I never once tried. I promise. It's not a good thing. It's why I wasn't a good baseball player. Why I wasn't a good hitter. I never struck out as a bad thing. I never. Never. Not in... Not from, from 9, 10, 11, 12. Never. I, never and I played a lot of baseball. I never struck. It's very bad. Because I didn't want to strike out. So you're trying too hard for contact. My friend Maishi Winter is like the best baseball player from the best hitters I know. I've seen him strike out. Much better he strikes out. He he's many more home runs than me. He's many more RBIs. The not willingness to strike out, it's a weakness. It's a weakness. I'm always, now good on two strikes is such a thing, there's such an approach. The big hitters in baseball don't want, in baseball today is a cool thing. Not everything's bad. 
it's cool that they don't care about the striking. If you know anything about baseball today, players strike out more. They hit it much more. They don't care about the strikeout anymore. They, they don't play. care. Yeah, yeah. They, they hit well, but they they score. They have numbers and statistics that more runs are scored. They don't care about the strike anymore. It's very bad. I, I know myself. I could tell you that when I let, it's not easy for me to let go of that. I just played. I did not play well. I went back to a bad habit. I was afraid. I was playing with the guys. I didn't want to swing and miss, and I was like trying too hard to get the bat on the ball. Can anybody strike you out? <laughs> softball, softball, you're pitching on there. Overhand, I would strike. I, only, I never played hardball. Hardball, I've struck it many times. But still, even in hardball, not to be afraid to swing and miss, very important. Al-Khanan, al against al No, it's a hardball over here. I never played hardball. It's a softball. People are lobbing it. But you, yeah, you can't be afraid to swing and miss. Uncork a swing. The big ones, uncork. You watch Viggy. I've seen Viggy swing and miss. He uncorks, I can watch like a reckless abandon to his swing. <laughs> but it's not, not good bad, it is, you're right. No, you, it's not true, it's not true. Sad. All your homework's not true. There's a reckless abandon to your swing that's very good. You could see it because I always touch the ball, so it doesn't go anywhere. You're, you're, so what? Reckless abandon, reckless abandon, let go. Reckless abandon, let go, let go swing. So I think with this guy, and people's afraid for failure stops at 10. Yeah, this guy is a nymphal, right? Of course. Okay, people's fa- afraid of failure, they don't swing hard. People are afraid to fail, so they don't swing hard. They're oh, so right. apologetic, yeah, okay. 100%, because they always want to touch the ball. So that stops. A lot of good things that stop because of people's unwillingness to swing and miss. See, so you swing and miss. You swing and miss. I'll be having to go down looking. <laughs> Met fans, the worst picture in history was a player who went down looking. It's a famous Adam Wainwright for the Met fans. Here's Johnny. Here's Johnny. Belgium. The bottom line is, is this willingness to swing and miss is not a bad thing at all. It's not, it's not a bad thing. So when we speak about that in the world, that not everything gets completed, so you swung and miss. It's a swing. The ah. fact that you're swinging and playing, you're very in the game. In the other way, you're not fully in the game. You're watching the fans. You're not in the game. The fans are too part of the game. You swing and let loose. I've done this. I can crush it. I've hit home runs. I've hit in, in that park. We go to it. When I was young, I never would have hit over the fence. Yeah, and I could do it. But, I, you have to, but I have to get in that thing. Knock it off. Man. Stop trying to make contact so hard. Crush it. But if I'm like in that zone, like trying to put it on, I came back now trying to, he's very, you hold back your own swing, you're just trying to, basket. Dan Stein, Dan Stein is a reckless swing. Like, watch. But it also looks bad sometimes, so I will swing and miss. Yeah. Of course. <laughs> I'm just having a great great time. Time. But? His whole life is fighting and then just fighting. Yeah. 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 Greats have swung against any greatest swung against many times. <laughs> Say that again? What is that? Oh, she has the air radio. 
Is Moyo here? Left. Yeah. What? I blew that as soon as I wanted to do it. I blew it. What did you say? Rebbe, is it one of them? Can we do again, though? Let's do our new song. I was listening yesterday to the to the initial. It's great. Our guys, you talk about where somebody built three arm and it sat here for years, and then the guys finished the deal. Let's do the rachim without the cards. Do the rachim. Oh, the new song. Chaim gave me this line from 
from a president of the United States, he said, a former president, it is not the critic who counts, not the man who points out how the strong man stumbles, or where the doer of deeds could have done them better. The credit belongs to the man who's actually in the arena, whose face is marred by dust and sweat and blood, who strives valiantly, who errs, who comes short again and again, because there is no effort without error and shortcoming, who does actually strive to do the deeds, who knows great enthusiasm, the great devotions, who spends himself in a worthy cause, who at the best knows in the end in the trump of high achievement, who at the worst, if he fails, at least fails while daring greatly, so that his place shall never be with those cold and timid souls who neither know victory nor defeat. Woo! That's a brilliant one. These thoughts, these thoughts give me a lot of energy. In a year, you try many things. You try many, many, many things, and it gives energy. What? Of course, yeah, yeah. You go into succeed. You go in with the mindset to succeed. It's not a loser mentality. You go in to succeed. When you swing hard, trust me, I'm going to knock one over. I may swing and miss twice, the third one's going over. It's not a loser mentality. That's why you never struck out. It's not a loser mentality. It's just play baseball. Let's go. Is it one of those things that the crowd is stopping you from playing baseball? Rabbi Sai wanted to thank the dream of Sulam, the, the, the vision of Sulam. You talk about dreams and attempts. The vision of Sulam is exactly what the guys in this room kept to. And all the fun stuff is Gishmak. The dream is to get together in the morning, learn Hashem's Torah. The fact that Raifeler daily comes, beautiful, great Torah. I don't know, it's pretty, he puts up with my shenanigans, but I don't, he, we did not give a lot of time before what we're learning. And each year, I don't know when he had time to prepare the shiurim, because it was only quite last minute what we were learning. But the beautiful shiurim that we were zeichet to on Bira and that there's this, this, this discussions of Torah and conversations and arguments and just Torah studied and then we have the opportunity to study Torah that we learn together in Yeshiva, expand on old ideas, add new ideas. I don't like ever saying an old thing without adding some clarity and some new knage. So to sit here and connect and attached to ideals that are precious to us. This is like, this is the dream that Sulam presents. And just, I thank the guys here. Beautiful, beautiful, clever, such really powerful. I said what I felt Teshuvah, like that feeling that there was no place, there was no group on earth I wanted to be with more than this group. It was just such a delightful feeling to sit amongst the Chevra. They're, they're, the scenes of the different people to me, watching this summer, watching the Yom and Brummer learn with Rabbi Feynman was a very, very powerful I want guys here to go into Chinuch. Everything that I saw in that Seder, the Iker of Chinuch is, and the main success is how you view the person. And you could see it, you could feel it. There are people that look down. It's, it's all b'machshava. It's not what you say. We see the respect. That, that's like there's no start to any chinuch. If you don't have a profound respect for the person you're learning with. Profound. Profound. 
you could sense it, feel it. Guys know it. And we've seen things of babying people talking down to any level from first grade. Always don't talk to first graders low. They're smart. Don't ever. It's interesting, and I'm guilty of this. My kids can't be babied. I don't baby them. Yisrael may, we have good conversations. Somebody tries to baby, and if I've heard some mechanichim, because my kids can't learn by them, tough luck. My kid comes first. And I'm not going to baby my kids, and it does knock out. They can't learn by, if somebody's going to baby them, it won't work. And I'm going to try to tell them, and we speak about respecting everybody, even people that don't respect you, but respect people. Respect, you gotta respect people. You gotta respect people. So respect people is not like a pool of respect them. Okay, I'll respect. It means inside, understand, understand the greatness of a human being. To watch Raifelo learn, any guy comes to Sulam, sits down, you see somebody profoundly, let's learn Torah, you're good, I'm good, let's learn. I, I loved watching, he, he, he walked out, watching Yaakov Koko learn with Manny Kalish was a very, that was like a Sulam picture. That's a great We were Zaycha this summer just to join together, to join together with B'nai Torah. This is not connected to a school, it's connected to a nation, not a school. And to join forces with Sammy, to be together with Sammy this whole summer has been delightful. I appreciate somebody who takes advantage of opportunities. It's, I'll, I'll be honest, a very frustrating scene. There's a frustrating scene. I have this in yeshiva sometimes. Sometimes I'll give a Shabbos that I kill my son. I, I, I can give, again, I killed myself and some guy killed, I might have said six hours of shiurim. I'm much more impressed some guy listened to six hours of shiurim. But you have a might say Shabbos, where we do a lot over Shabbos. Shabbos is exhausting. And might say Shabbos, I'll see like a guy who's like yawning and bored, and I didn't see him once till Shabbos, like, oh. There were like worlds for you to tap in. Like if the guy didn't tap in, it's like, come on, like, eat a piece of Please, do something, tap in. To see somebody who's tapped in so profoundly, to watch Sammy Cuddy and get a Kesha to Raifel and jump right in, to watch them is a tremendous scene of Sula. I appreciate Sammy, Sammy spoke by Shalashudas. That was, that was really amazing, very big kayak. So I'm just thankful that we bonded with Sammy. From minute one, Alicia's dignity, this Ben Torah is, is like everything. I collect. I collect in my life, always on the court, I get too invested and then my midas aren't good. I'm not impressed with somebody who just doesn't care about the game because they don't have to learn, you don't care. But when I see people who care, yet their midas still, are still there, I'm always like, what? how do you do that? Watching him and Chaim, they're like battling on the line. Then like Alicia's like, I have a flag. Chaim's like, of course, like hands him a flag. They're like, best friend. <laughs>
both of them, both of them, the midst like this this battle, this epic battle, and they're like, then like a slap five and yo, yeah. <laughs> pretty cool, very very cool. But oh, really the have this precious bentayra. I can go. I'm, I'm silly, not. I, I can go across the room to have Avi here this summer. It's been a delight. I Yearly, we get to check in. In Sulam, yearly, I'm thankful that Akiva comes here yearly. I always I think about Akiva a lot. This year, on Tisha Antishabab, he was on my mind even more because of his family. On Tishabab is a time that we think about tragedies of Klal Yisrael. And Meron was on my mind. And by us, all of Klal Yisrael, Meron was a tragedy of epic proportions. But by us, that Akiva lost his brother in Meron, and in this space medrash, there's even a zikaran of, of the Nilu for his brother, the, the fact that Akiva taps in and joins us. And to see Akiva, we, I'm speaking a lot about amidst difficulties, somebody growing and turning all the challenges of life, b'chol lo'idecha. And Akiva, somebody's journey is like incredible what he's done. What he's done with all the different challenges of life, you see a development here. Yeah, guys, when he comes to Durham and plugs in, I'm like, and always like, are you kidding me? Somebody who's plugged in and the beautiful, beautiful journey that Akiva is in, in the midst of this beautiful. We're looking forward to the Chasna wing of the journey and Surah Taivas that should be the the right one in the right time. But it's just really a pleasure to chance upon you here and to see the beautiful journey continuing to be with Ben this summer from Seattle to be with Ben Ben to me we're I like a lot of times I go into school years a lot of times with the theme I sometimes tell the rebellion sometimes I don't I try to come in with the theme but often no matter what my theme was a different theme emerged here in Sulam the theme has been journeys that's been the theme, Masse, that it wasn't from a plan, that's just what happened. And Ben's family, interesting. I think that's very cool. He's learned in Eretz Yisrael a year. What, maybe the worst phone call you can get, it is in a funny way, this is, maybe the worst phone call you get, you're in Eretz Yisrael, you're having a great year. This is like a dreaded phone call. Any guy who's in Eretz Yisrael relate to this. Your parents tell you they're coming to Eretz Yisrael for Pesach. No. <laughs> it's like, no! <laughs> it's like a night, nightmarish call. It's like your parents don't get how nightmarish that is. Like you've been waiting to go home because it means you're not going home. <laughs> you've been waiting the whole year. Like Ben Asmanim, you'll go back, you'll re-plug in, and your parents give you the good news. I want to thank Ruben Yainas on the way out. We'll, I'm in the middle of Ben, but we'll hold cup here. Ruben Yainas on the way out. To me, it's an important, he's a very important picture of the 10th grade because I view him as the, as the poster child to the whole 10th grade. 
And I want you to know that hishtagging, people have this like thing, you come to whatever, you fall first, it's a bunch of hogwash. And when you get love and acceptance and understand you grow from the minute you walk in, whatever's in a person, if he needs to cry, if he needs to lessen up some exteriors, it can do that. To just watch Ruben Yaina come to Yeshiva and take advantage of opportunities and shtag, we're lucky we have you. Thank you for laying as well, Ruben Yaina. Thank you. Sani, we get Sani checks in. It was very appropriate that on Tishabov he pointed out a song that was missed, and then we sang, and it was like a gorgeous song, but he's somebody, a lot of, we talk about emotion and channeling that. Sammy's somebody who's tapped in. Thank you for being here, Sani. Thank you. Thank you. I was saying with Ben, you get that phone call from your parents that they're coming for Pesach, it's a difficult call. Ben got a much better call, they're actually moving to Yisrael for the year. That's not a difficult call, but it's, it is cool to me, the different adjustments. We have guys in Yeshiva, Ben. I like thinking through the year. We have guys in Yeshiva who go to Eretz Yisrael, and the typical guy going to Eretz Yisrael is leaving his family, and it's a certain go and go off on your own. We have guys like Akiva Koltai, they went there so the parents are there, and it's a game changer. I like thinking each person, and not everybody's the same, and it's interesting that unique opportunity and situation, the B'chol Ba'idecha, a year ago we learned in Eretzrael, he left Seattle, went to Eretzrael. Now he's shtickle, he's going home to Eretzrael, it's a different, different Avaida. These are different, there's a lot of differences in that Avaida. And so it's, it's just interesting to me. And we've spoken privately about that, but that's a unique avoid. All of a sudden, your brother's success, you could be part of. All of a sudden, your father, you can learn with that. There's a different opportunities. Bechol Maidecha type people then. If you're not a Bechol Maidecha, you're stubborn to what you want it to be. But Bechol Maidecha says it's a different opportunity. It's a different situation. It's not like, let me make sure this stays the same. Why should I make sure it stays the same? There's a unique opportunity. Guys struggle in Durham that every year it's very different. The beginning is very hard because the older guys left. Aryeh's not there. The older guys leave. That's very, very hard. And it does change. Guys ask always a certain ball player's not there, a certain singer's not there. The Durham counts as that, like, change the yeshiva. That's part of the Choma is learning the situation and saying, what's the steiging of that situation? What's the steiging? What's the talents? A new talent. One, one year we were a basketball yeshiva. We'll become tiddlywinks. I don't care. We'll get into kokoloch if that's what's You know? New things, new opportunities, new chances. So I want to wish Ben tremendous hatzlacha in this journey. I want to ask. I want to close, I want to ask somebody to come up. There's somebody who spoke in yeshiva, and every time he spoke, it was a tremendous impact on the guys. I want to ask him for a few minutes, four or five minutes, the guys to indulge. I want him to share some different with the chevra. I want to ask Yehuda Zelman this question. Yeah! Oh. yeah.
observation, an idea, and then a thank you. Um, the first two things are really, people get up and speak and they say, like, I'm, gonna, I'm really talking to myself. Yeah. And so the t- first two things, they're really just things that have I've been on my mind a lot the past, since I've really gotten to Sulam. The observation is in Sulam and the idea is, is for uh, going, going forward. So it's really just things that I've been thinking about a lot and I thought I'd just share them and see, uh, see what people can relate, people relate, if people, uh, how other people see it. Um, a large part for me, and a large part of the beauty of Sulam is having the older guys coming back from Israel. And I just want to highlight one aspect that, that has had an impact on me from uh, observing them and watching them and seeing their stagnant growth. And something, this aspect that maybe I've like lacking in my own life, and seeing them um, have it is like a mechaib, and like it's very, uh, it's very cool to see. And that is the, and that is the in every relationship, like any really any relationship. Let's say a marriage. So there's there's two things, and that's the there's the love and the passion, and the excitement, and that's very important. And then there's a whole other aspect, which if you don't have it, you don't have anything, and that is commitment. Commitment, stability, and while many of us, it might relate a little bit to what Rebbe was talking about before about the inner child work and then the CBT about pushing through things versus um, going through things versus pushing through them. But but what a lot of us, what a lot of us, I think when we're younger, what we have to work on a lot is the is the building the passion and the love and the excitement, and then not that we're necessarily lacking it, but then I think that the next stage is at least for myself, is the, is the commitment, stability, and comfortability part. And just to watch and to see um, Aaron Mayer and Ezra, and um, I could bless everyone in the room really, but these are people who I've like observed honestly. I want to point out Ezra and Aaron Mayer, because those are two people who I've seen that really are uh, extremely, just to watch them, just the, the commitment and the, the security and comfortability and stability that they have, in their in their avoda, in their what it be it towards davening, towards learning, their values, their principles. It's very um, it's very cool to watch, and it's definitely an impact on me, and it's something that I want to implement and integrate into my own life uh, moving forward. So that was the first thing, and that's like watching everything. That's the first. Now the second thing is just a, a quick idea. I think 
this is for me, and it might be coming from the Mechtem Elio, it might not be. I saw, the, I saw the piece a long time ago, but I'm not, I don't want to blame it on him because I don't remember, whatever, it's a long time ago, so I think the idea is important regardless, and I think it's, I would think it's true anyway. And that is, uh, most points in our lives, we have, there's things we can work on, and we can work on them at a certain point. There's like a certain, we can only move like a little bit in, in a certain direction. Normal times, we don't, it's very difficult to make drastic changes, to do things suddenly. But there's certain points in our lives, uh, the terminology he uses is there's certain points in our lives where we're able to implement massive change. We're able to make a specific decision which, like, which changes the trajectory of our lives. And I think for a lot of us, definitely the ones, it's not that many, uh, a whole bunch of us are going to Israel, not that many in the room, but at least those going to Eretz Israel, I think that it's like a time in our lives, possibly where we can, we can make certain decisions and certain, going backwards, like just make certain like commitments and certain decisions, which can really, if we stick to them, can really um, drastically change our lives. And it's like, I think it's a good time for that because it's not a word in skipping steps, meaning there is a conversation where you obviously don't want to skip steps, but it's a word in, in that when we, when we do things for a while, we fall in, it could be a good thing, we fall into certain patterns and habits, and, um, and schedule is obviously a very good thing and important thing, but also for the negative, like we could fall into certain habits and patterns where we, where we repeat the same things over and over again, and then it can be very difficult to break them. But I think at least for me, there's like a certain point where it's Bechir Klalis, where we can you know, make some decisions and commit to certain things and really make drastic changes. So I think that's like, that's for me moving forward, that's an important idea, and I don't know, that might be relevant to other people as well if you're holding there at this time. That was the second thing, that was uh, the quick idea. And the third thing I just, I wanna say, uh, it's a thank you, and a group of scientists a couple years back wanted to know, they wanted to know, they, they observed the, the hood in, I don't know where, but like some, some hood with uh, African-Americans, and they observed that most of them, most of them don't become successful. Like whatever the number is, I don't know, 98%, yeah. just end the, whatever, whatever it is, like just end up, most of them just end up like staying in the hood, just doing the same thing, doing what their fathers did. Uh, they don't break the cycle. They just continue, they just continue the same thing, doing the same things, you know, whatever those things may be. There was a small percentage of them that made it out, that made it, they became lawyers, they became businessmen, they became uh, very successful endeavors, they became successful people. And they wanted to know, it could be just chance, it could be some of them just happened to be a little more intelligent, a little more educated, a little more privileged, maybe they have some sort of connection. Um, but they wanted to see maybe there's some sort of, maybe there's some sort of correlation, causation, that caused these people. So they went around and asked them. They asked the lawyer, they asked the successful people who, who made it out the hood. And we're not, by the way, we're not talking about like the rappers and basketball players because they're still in the hood, by the way. But um, like the real ones, the real ones that like really made it out and are successful and dignified. Um, and they asked them, they asked them, what, what's, what do you think, what do you see different in your life? What did you do differently? What did you do differently growing up? What do you see differently in your life? And there was two, uh, two responses that they saw over and over again. And those were, in no particular order, those were, I had a positive role model to point to and say, this is the person I, I wanna be like this. A positive role model to look at and say, where this person is, I wanna be there. I wanna, I wanna have what this person has. And whatever it was, be it an uncle, a father, uh, someone in the neighborhood, even a, 
Like, so it, could, it could have been anything. It didn't have to be closely related. Just a positive role modeling to point to and say, I want to be there. That was the first thing. And the second thing was someone who believed in them. Anything, a friend, a mother, a father, anything. It didn't matter who. They just needed someone to believe in them. And I want to suggest maybe that, that the reason why this, where we are now is, is so hyper successful is because we have so, so much of that. We're, we're overflowing with, with, I look around the room now and I just see so many people who, who I look up to, so many people who, who, who I, I look at and like, I want to I wanna be like that. So many, especially with the older guys and back from Israel and I say like, I want, I want what they have. I want to be, not them, but I want to be like, I want to have the things that they have. As well as, as well as the second part, people who believe, who believe in each other. I was, I was talking to um, Ezzy before and I said, I just, I know that next year I'm just going to be long, I'm going to be miss, I'm going to miss a lot of things, but I'm going to, I'm going to miss walking into the lunchroom and seeing Jakob Coco and Ervezi and Shimi Rosen and just sitting down next to them. And it doesn't matter what we're talking about, but the premise of our conversation is that I love you and I hold of you and I, and like, I know, and like, I know you're going to be big and, and it doesn't matter what we're talking about, but like, this is like the underlying, these are the undertones of everything we say. And I think just these two things have had a, this is obviously not why, but this is like maybe a small part of it. So, yeah. So far, I've never seen you who just swing and miss, but he's, he's willing to. So. Well, Yehuda brought this year in Yeshiva, I, I think everybody here understands and what Yehuda, the dignity that Yehuda brought and learning Torah and serving Hashem at, at a high level in the tremendous independence, but tremendously part of everything. Both get, getting his, the things he needed to just learn, we could all be doing something. Yehuda felt it was right for him to learn, he was learning. But then joining, connecting, not one guy ever had a sense holier than thou. It's just you and I are the same. And the impact that he had across the yeshiva, the dignity and impact is tremendous. I'm thankful that we have you. And look Whenever you have Achnas to say for Torah, we're going to have soon a very touching thing. We're going to do it is we're going to bring the Sefer Torah to meet the other Sefer Torah. And then the Sefer Torah go together. So I feel like with Alicia, we got to dance with Alicia, Ben, and CJ and Avi. Bring the other Sefer Torah. And let's go. Alei Batzlach. You all should have Batzlach together. I could, I could continue going around the room, as I probably should, but tonight we'll have more opportunity. Tonight we'll really have more opportunity to thank. I want to say the whole summer to see a Mice Raver and the Tzitkus and the A humble, sweet tzaddik. I see a fighter. I see a dog. 
I see that's what, just when I look at him, I have my own view of things. I see like a guy, a, a barroom brawler. That's, that's my own view of Maish. I happen to know him better than most. So I just want to say, I have this funny thing, Maish. There's two guys in Yeshiva, if you look at them, one of them, well, he just, he needs surgery. But one of them looks like this scrawny guy, and he's probably maybe the best fighter in the whole Yeshiva. One of the, there's a bacher in the 10th grade. He looks like a scrawny guy, and he's a, he's a lethal fighter. He can kill somebody. The biggest guy in Yeshiva told me, like, whenever they fight, he takes him out. This little guy, he's a trained fighter. He's lethal. We have two guys like that in Yeshiva who look very, they're like smiley guys, and they're both just trained lethal fighters, like armed and dangerous. So to me, like, you see Maish, this sweet, humble person, I see like a warrior. I'm tremendously moved from Maisha's fighting and his battling and succeeding, the beautiful Ben that he has built. A heart knows its struggles, and as such, others don't mix in the, the feelings of joy for the success. I love you, Maisha. Extremely family. Loving Sulam that people get to plug in. People can come for a Shabbos for a day just to plug in. It means a lot to me. Me and Yitzi Freud met in the middle of the night in Borough Park. It's a long story. We met on the streets of Borough Park in the middle of the night. True story. Did I get there like two, three? When were we scheduled to meet? Seven, eight o'clock at night? <laughs> you sound surprised, thank you. <laughs> we met in the middle of the night on a Borough Park street, and I'm tremendously thankful for that meeting. And Yitzi, somebody, a hero, a real hero, him and his mom are heroic people. And Yitzi checking in, and continuing to check in with Archabur. I'm thankful that he checks in in Durham and checks in here. You're a big part of Archabur, and I'm thankful you're here. Thank you, Yitzi. I want to ask a simple, a simple thing that we owe a tremendous gratitude to our title belt. When I said this is his baby, this whole, this whole place, he bought it and takes care of it and runs it, and this is his baby. I want to ask the guys a huge favor that we're, that there's not going to be much time to clean tonight. Our main time is right after lunch. When we go to lunch, I asked the guys, 3 o'clock is starting not the Siva Saisius and everybody to come and join Nachlasa Seva We'll have an hour to clean our heads off our room. I asked the guys, that's a huge difference. Financially, it's a big difference, how much workers they have. And practically, he has to turn this over. We're having families for Shabbos. And then he's having Kira starting right after Shabbos. He's having groups come. I beg the guys to all chip and make your room. Let's make it neater than when we came really to work hard to make our rooms neat. The difference of then the workers coming and it's already a semblance of normalcy is a huge difference. So I'm asking the guys to really, really work hard and spread the word. There are some guys that left already really, really to try to leave our room. The more rooms that are clean, the much easier work. Financially it's easier, practically it's easier. So I'm asking guys to put significant effort. If your room's clean already, and you have a little time in front of the room to clean, the word gratitude 
could be it, it could be a cheap word, say thank you. This would be a tremendous show of gratitude that we could try to leave it clean. So if I could ask every guy, any guy you see is not here, to really encourage and push, let's leave it clean. The schedule today, we're gonna have lunch. We're gonna clean like crazy. Two to three is intense. One hour, get dirty. Put on t-shirts, put on scrubs, whatever it takes, and let's get the let's get the, let's get our rooms really clean. We then at three o'clock start Stachnasa Sefer Torah. After the Achnasa Sefer Torah, we're gonna have we're gonna have tonight a concert. Zosha's coming tonight, so there'll be a concert. After the concert. There's some chesedish of DJs, geshmach, geshmach and stuff. After the concert and DJing and all that, we're going to have awards. There will be, we'll announce, we'll have a menachah, of course. There's going to be awards in the dining room. I think this is the core. I want to only increase. In coming years, I want to develop to do it even better at nights. Nights, Seder, to do But I appreciate the guys who really tapped in to Raithelish here, to the Vadim to the circle, to all the things we did. Tonight we'll have funny awards, serious awards, all different cool stuff after the shtickle banquet, after the concert. So Achnas is safe to tell you at three. The concert will take place tonight, followed by an awards banquet. Have a great day, guys.